If by chance you found yourself in Spencer, Iowa, on a Saturday night in about 1982, you might stumble upon a brown Monte Carlo amongst the cars scooping the loop on Grand Avenue. But this car wasn't full of teenagers. No, this car was full of women. Or shall we say, queens, in their early 40s, and the one in the driver's seat was my grandma. They were probably on their way to snoop on the call they'd just heard on the police scanner. And that was after Grandma had glued her tip money to the bar top at happy hour, laughing as the waitress tried to peel it off. But the best was at the end of the night. Calling for a ride home and greeting the person on the other end of the line with, Did I dance on any tables? Did I shoot out any lights? Jose Cuervo, you are a friend of mine. My grandma never really grew up. She moved from her parents' house to her husband's house. The first day she lived alone was the day she got divorced. She was a free spirit. And people in a small town really didn't know what to do with that. Now, I wouldn't come along until 1998. I have a few cousins who are older than me, but being about 12 years younger, I quickly became the favorite grandchild. Grandma traded her brown Monte Carlo for a purple Cavalier and traded scooping the loop for the kindergarten pickup line. Instead of her girlfriends in the car, it was little old me peering over the dashboard. Late nights at the Eagles Club became Friday nights in the Walmart clearance section, with me, about four feet tall, in her shadow, hauling her 20-pound oxygen tank on what was, for her, a leisurely stroll, and for me, an Olympic heavyweight competition in front of the $1.99 Tupperware. <laughs> Little did I know that these excursions would prepare me for life in the real world. My grandma was tough. Her husband was an alcoholic, and she had a few vices herself. She started carrying that oxygen tank at just 58 years old. Part of carrying on the way she did was having as much confidence in the bad times as in the good times. She passed that mentality on to me. Around the time I was born, I experienced a pediatric stroke. Everyday activities like getting dressed, brushing my teeth, tying my shoes, eating, writing, and typing all had to be adapted because my right hand and fingers don't have quite the motor function I need to complete these tasks. Therapy has been part of my routine practically since the day I was born. And, hauling grandma's, and while hauling grandma's oxygen tank on a funeral dirge through the aisles of Walmart did work my grip strength, it was her outlook that was healing for my young soul. I learned not to use my stroke as a crutch, which meant figuring out how to adapt to any situation before asking for help. Do you all remember the classroom pencil sharpener? Now, I don't know if you noticed, but the sharpening handle is always on the right side, which meant for me crossing my arms, holding the pencil in my right hand and twisting the sharpening handle with my left hand without looking like a contortionist in the middle of my fifth grade math test. It was in these moments I remembered my grandma. Confidence is key in the good times and the bad. 
She never really had a profound way with words about how to get by. It was more of just her sitting in her large floral armchair looking at me saying, well, what are you going to do about it? And it was at that moment when my emotionally frustrated young mind usually grabbed her oxygen cord and squeezed it as hard as I could (laughs) just to see if she noticed. And usually she did. When I got to middle school, I began to come to terms with something else. I'm gay. A fact I buried deep inside, living in silent anguish as I navigated life at the intersection of my two identities. I hadn't mustered the courage to tell my friends I was gay, and I hadn't told my grandma either. In high school, grandma became disoriented as her health slowly declined. I was now helping take care of her. But what neither of us realized is that she was still helping take care of me, too. Being different wasn't something you did in a small town, and being with my grandma gave me a sense of confidence and comfort I needed. I'd spent my entire life adapting to my stroke. I should have been able to handle coming out, too. This wasn't so easy. Grandma's spirit and light slowly faded, but she kept an ounce of the good times through her final days. There was one hospital room near the nurse's station that had this large window in it so they could monitor her. But she was really the one monitoring them. You see, Grandma was convinced that the staff wasn't paying quite enough attention to her. So she flipped the bird to every nurse, doctor, and aide who walked by until finally... Somebody stopped to say, is everything all right? To which she would so innocently respond, why, yes, I'm fine. Only to continue giving them the finger after they left. She died peacefully in her sleep. Though I think she would have preferred to make more of an exit. She never did know I was gay, but I also never had a girlfriend the entire time she was alive, so I think she might have guessed. I'm not sure what she would have said if I'd come out, but I think it might have been something to the tune of, well, what are you going to do about it? (laughs) When we were picking out her gravestone, we tried to capture her memory the same way she ended each night way back when, with Jose Cuervo. (laughs) Grandma's infamous phone call lyrics are etched in stone for eternity. Did I dance on any tables? Did I shoot out any lights? Jose Cuervo, you are a friend of mine. (laughs) In the years since her passing, I've had a chance to reflect on our relationship. For the longest time, I was trapped into this idea of who I should be and not who I am. It's been a long road to get here, but I stand before you tonight as an out and proud queer person and a fierce advocate for the disability community. I got this tattoo on my arm last year in remembrance of her. It's a woman holding a suitcase standing against some faded flowers. It's based on Tanya Tucker's Delta Dawn, a song that reminds me of growing up with my grandma. 
The songwriter said that it was as if his mother had always walked around as if she had a suitcase in her hand with no place to put it down. I can't think of a more accurate description of my grandma. It serves as my reminder to always keep her spirit and have confidence when the good times turn bad. Linda Carlson was born August 5th, 1943. She died September 24th, 2015. She was one of the toughest and the funniest people I've ever known. But more than anything, she taught me to have the audacity to stick out in this world, to be authentically and relentlessly me. Thank you.